Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to day two, week six of our look through the book of Acts, our last week in Acts, Acts chapter 25 today. And we're looking at what it's like to get stuck. Paul, stuck in prison for two years. Felix has kept Paul, you might remember from yesterday, in prison for two years. And now Festus comes in to take over Felix's position. And Felix says, I'll keep Paul in prison just to please the Jews as Festus comes in to take this over. And now Festus is going to hear Paul's case. So what happens? How does God show up for Paul? Listen to what happens in chapter 25, verses 1 to 8. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priests and the Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented their charges against Paul. They urgently requested Festus as a favor to them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing an ambush to kill him along the way. Festus answered, Paul is being held at Caesarea, and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me and press charges against the man there if he's done anything wrong. After spending eight or ten days with them, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day he convened the court and ordered that Paul be brought before him. When Paul appeared, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many serious charges against him, which they could not prove. Then Paul made his defense. I have done nothing wrong against the law of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. Now, as I read these verses, these first eight verses, if you've been with us in this study through the book of Acts, there has to be something in you that thinks, I've heard all this before. The Jews have planned before to kill Paul in an ambush in between Jerusalem and Caesarea. They've made these charges before. Felix is now, has heard it before, and now Festus is hearing the same thing. Paul is having to make the same defense again. It's enough to be stuck once, but now he's stuck twice. He's still stuck. So what do you do when you're still stuck? Yesterday, we talked about the fact when you're stuck, you, you put your confidence in God. You don't try to manipulate your way out. When you feel stuck in life, you continue to serve others, even when you're feeling stuck. Today, we're going to talk about some other things you and I can do. Number four, what do you do when you feel stuck? You don't fall into the blame trap. You don't start blaming yourself or blaming others or worst of all, blaming God because life is not working out like you want it to work out. The ugliest might be the first of those. You blame yourself. You wallow in the mud of needlessly blaming yourself. And here are the two words that that mud is made of, if only. Paul could have said, if only I hadn't gone to Jerusalem, if only I hadn't taken that vow, if only I hadn't, if only I hadn't. And you could do the same thing. If only I hadn't taken that job, if only I'd quit that job earlier, if only I'd asked her to marry me, if only I hadn't asked her to marry me, if only I'd done this or done that. We blame ourselves, we blame others, angry that they put us in the situation. We feel stuck and we look for someone to blame or we blame God. Why should I have to wait at all, we say to God. If God could make the world in six days, why can't he answer my prayer right now? Here's the problem with blame. It keeps you from seeing what God can do. You're so focused on what you didn't do or what others didn't do for you or what God is not doing for you. You're not looking for what God can do right now in the situation. So you don't fall into the blame trap. Paul certainly didn't. He kept serving God even while in prison. What do you do when you're stuck? Here's a fifth thing you do. You use the time wisely. While Paul is stuck in prison, here in Caesarea, and even more later when he's going to be stuck in prison in Rome, he uses the time. 
He thinks about those churches that he served, and he decides to sit down and he writes some letters to those churches while stuck in prison. And many of those letters became the New Testament. He wrote to Galatia, and now we have Galatians. He wrote to the Philippians, and now we have the letter of Philippians. He wrote to the churches, and now we have the New Testament. In fact, you can say without a shadow of a doubt that the most lasting thing that Paul did in his life happened when he felt stuck, happened when he felt on the shelf, because he continued to use his time wisely. I uh, can remember in my own life a number of years ago, I broke an Achilles tendon and I was stuck in a cast for several months. And I, the way the cast was put on, I, I couldn't speak in front of other people without being very uncomfortable. I, I just felt on the shelf. And I learned during those days two things about using my time wisely. I learned, number one, that it's a lot easier to say have a good attitude while you're stuck than to actually have a good attitude while you're stuck. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work in trusting in him looking to God day by day and moment by moment. But I also learned that if you keep on serving, it does pay off in the end. I wrote our foundation's doctrinal study for other churches while I was stuck, while I couldn't do other things. It's amazing the things that can happen in your life when you're feeling stuck. You ask yourself this question, what does God want me to do now that I would never do if I wasn't stuck? And the answer certainly isn't worry, The answer certainly isn't raise your blood pressure by 25 points. What does he want you to do? It might be deepen a relationship. It might be write a book or an article. It might be finish some projects around the house or read through the Bible or do what you love. It might have to do with art or music or woodworking or gardening or learn something new. Sometimes when you get stuck, life slows down a little. So you take advantage of that because it's not going to last for long. It's going to speed up again. So you ask yourself, how can I use my time wisely? There's a sixth thing that you and I can do when we're feeling stuck, and that is you surround yourself with God's people. All through this experience of being stuck, we read about it in the last chapter. It's happening in this chapter. We're going to see it happen in chapters to come. Paul is not alone. It's one thing to be stuck. It's another to be stuck and alone. It's amazing the difference that even one person can make. So I'd encourage you, if you're not in a small group, get in one. If you feel like, I don't need one because I'm not stuck right now, (laughs) you're going to be stuck at some point in life. And right now is the perfect time to get in a small group. I don't know when you're listening to this, but I'm telling you, any time is the perfect time because you need it now. Whenever I feel motivated to do it is when I need to do it. The Bible tells us again and again that we need to keep getting together with other believers. The strong temptations in our lives come when we're all alone. Coldness in our heart comes when we're all alone. So you get together with other believers. You don't wait until you get in a tough time or a stuck time to build a support network. You'll either be too busy or too discouraged and exhausted when that happens. No, you do it now. You surround yourself with God's people. And then there's a seventh and a final thing you do when you're feeling stuck, and that is you believe. You believe that God is working. Paul certainly did. That's why he does. That's why he acts as he does in verses 9 to 12. Listen to what happens. Again, we're repeating history. In verse 9, Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there on these charges? Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court where I ought to be tried. I have not done any wrong to the Jews as you yourself know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if these charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. 
After Festus had conferred with his council, he declared, you have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you will go. Paul appeals to Caesar. Because Paul is a Roman citizen, he has a right that only the Roman citizen had in that day. And that was to appeal directly to the supreme, supreme of supreme courts, to Caesar. Any Roman citizen could do this. And they would be brought directly to Caesar's court to face trial. This meant, when Paul said, I appeal to Caesar, it meant he would not go to Jerusalem. It meant that he would go to Rome. And Paul knew that God was sending him to Rome. Paul knew that God was still working. God knew that even while he felt stuck, God was at work. And so he appeals to Caesar. Now, you might feel stuck on hold with God right now. Almost like a a busy signal or being put into God's sort of answering service when you call heaven again and again. And you feel that you're getting this message, all our angels are busy right now, but if you hold the line, someone can be with you before the end of the next millennium. Then the hallelujah chorus starts playing over and over and over again in the background. If you feel that way, there's a new way to think. And that is God uses the detours. Sometimes what we think is a detour actually gets us back on track. This detour in Paul's life was just one step on the way to Rome. What we think is a dead end can be a road to new life. What we look at as a crooked road can cause us to think straight. Many times in life, we want God's resources, but not his timing. We want God to give us what we want, what we think he wants for us. We don't want to wait for his timing in it. But God's timing is perfect. And when you're stuck, there is another side to that. You're going to come out of that time of being stuck with things that you did not have. Expect, believe in God that you will come out of a time of being stuck with with multiplied new challenges and blessings with personal growth and change in your life that would not otherwise have happened, with a clarification of God's direction for your life, with a new and stronger relationship with God. When we hear words like stuck and wait, we think stop. But the word wait in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it does not mean stop. The word wait has more the meaning of trust. And that's what I need to do. That's what you need to do when you and I feel stuck. Let's trust him right now. Jesus, we trust you with this. And if we're not feeling stuck right now, we trust you with that. Next time, we're going to feel that way. When I'm stuck, help me to trust in you. If there's something I need to do, give me the strength and the wisdom to do it. If I need to wait, give me the faith and the patience to wait on you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to meet again a guy that we get introduced to at the end of this chapter, King Agrippa. And we'll hear Paul's testimony before this king and how this testimony teaches us about how to share our story of faith and how to have vision in our lives. 